Let's do something different. Yeah. So you wanted to do a thing. I, okay, so I, I made some notes. Like, I, I actually wrote shit down. Uh, okay, so the proposal. 1971. Well, I mean, Battlestar Galactica, right? <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, man? Oh, oh, this is great. So we have a local brewery called uh, Whitewater Brewing, uh, and they make some reasonably good beers. They're mostly IPAs and, and kind of hoppy stuff. But I sent Cindy because she was there for lunch with some of her friends and I was having some people over yesterday. I said, can you bring back like a sampler pack of their various different beers? Cause they're the exact opposite of steam whistle where instead of do one thing, right. Where they make one beer, they make every kind of beer. They have seasonal beers. They have all kinds of thing. So please forgive me. I have pumpkin spice espresso Porter. Um, Thankfully, I've already had a pre-beer, so uh, if this is terrible, I can just opt out. Nice. But I'm on a campaign of, if people like pumpkin spice, let them have it. Yeah. I generally don't. So what have you got tonight? I have no boats on Sunday. Uh, it's a peach cider. Uh, Crafted with again. 100% Canadian apples. It's a peach cider, but whatever <laughs> uh should we go off on a tangent about everything is apple juice it's like you buy grape juice and it's like ingredient number one apple juice um what <laughs> grapes right. are expensive i guess so so tell us about this thing because you intentionally left me in the dark well, I was like, wasn't... hey, do you want to talk about it and be like, you know, figure out the what and the where and the when? And you were like, no, nah, we'll YOLO it. Um, yeah, it was very much a YOLO, largely because I hadn't made any notes about it. And I was like, I'll have time because I pitched this, what, like uh, like more than a week ago. Um, and I thought, I'll have time. I'll develop some stuff. I'll write some things down. So I have a couple of pages of, uh, we'll call them notes. The only um, context I have, the only prep I have is your message in Discord world building episode question mark <laughs> yep that's it that's that's the premise so here's the proposal let's play god and build a world okay uh, so I, I wrote down some things about about ideas and sort of themes that i would like to have i would like to build um because you were taught we were we talked a little bit about uh about systems and i, I did a bunch of work on a um on a sort of prototype system that i would like to talk about in another episode it's not really ready for even it might be ready for like big early discussions but it's not even ready for like hey let's roll some dice and see how this works um but at the, you were talking about when we were talking previously about those kinds of things about having a system that isn't really tied to like a specific setting or a specific like this is how it has to work or here's the the lore that goes with that system and I thought, wouldn't it also be a great idea to have some kind of lore that would fit in any system? And I'm not sure it's possible. Uh, let me say that up front. I'm not necessarily certain that we uh, that we need to have that as an aim. But I would like to have sort of some bare bones stuff because I uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about very briefly. Uh, I think I made some notes in the. Uh, the second section about like, hey, are we starting up again? Is are you running it or am I running it? 
is I do want to do a an in-person gaming group thing once a week with uh, with mm-hmm. some local folks, which you and Tanya are absolutely welcome to come up and you know and Ian and Chris if you're listening and you know uh, almost anyone else that we know uh, is welcome to come up and, and like do guest guest appearances or whatever. Ah, that could be a lot of fun. Uh, but I want to have a homebrew world to do that in because I don't really like having to study a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, oh, I got to figure out, okay, well, you know, in 1399 CR, where was Elminster on that second Tuesday of the month of whatever? What are the names of the months again? Um, so I, I came up with like some some sort of bits that I wanted to sort of include. Uh, and some questions about like what is actually required for this kind of thing uh, in the hopes that somebody out there would find it useful. And if not, at least you and I find it entertaining. Oh, right. So, so we're building st- a world for a game system. Yes. Okay. Our game system, another game system, any game system. Sure. Uh, in which presumably you or somebody else would be running a game. Yes. Okay. That's important for me. When I think about world design, like I, I need to think about what's the format, first of all, because the world, like whether you're writing a book, whether you're making a game, the world is kind of a character in and of itself, but it all has also has a particular role to play. Yes. So the first questions I kind of ask myself are, if it's going to be a game, how do you want you and your players to feel mm-hmm. playing in this world Ooh. and the vibe. Right. And what particular themes would you like to explore as dungeon master or game master within this world? Okay. So I, I have some answers to the second question. I don't know if I have answers to the first one. Okay. Um, and I think that like answers to the first one are sort of informed more by the group. I would like to leave that one a little bit more wide open as much as mm-hmm. possible. Um, you know, have like if you different areas of the world potentially have different sort of mm-hmm. all right, you know, like over here is cursed and you should feel like it's it should feel kind of gloomy and, and damp and dark right mm-hmm. you know and over here is you know sunny unicorn land where everybody is happy and you know there's uh you know uh everybody has enough food to eat and nobody's oppressed okay um not a lot of adventures happen over there everybody just goes there to retire because it's awesome um okay so here are the bits that i came up with for stuff that i want to have so mm-hmm. the, the history of the world is that at some time, some, some really long ago past age, some kind of cataclysm happened and a civilization collapsed. It was so long ago, nobody remembers anything about it, except that there are uh, lots of buried ruins, right? Okay. Which gives you, gives you dungeons and things to go into. Um, and it also opens up, if you want to create your own sort of stuff, it will completely fit, mm-hmm. right? If you find an Egyptian ruin, Yep, that was that was there too, right? Um, if you you find, you know, uh, like dungeon style dungeons from medieval Europe, those those are also buried somewhere. Okay. Um, the sort of uh, the sort of principle that was working in my mind when I came up with that idea was the way that uh, I think it's Chicago was built, 
where like they built the city and it kind of sank and they went, well, that's no good. So we'll build another set of streets right on top. Right. And that's kind of how this world was built. And also uh, in a lot of, uh, especially in like after the fall of Rome, like a lot of people took the Roman structures and went, Hey, this is good stone. I'm going to steal some of it to build my house. Hmm. Right. So you have all of these things that are sort of kind of there, but nobody knows really where they came from. Uh, some of them are intact, some of them are not, some of them have been discovered and well explored, some of them not so much. Some of them maybe people are living in, right? Okay. Like here's this giant tower of, you know, some kind of stone-like substance that nobody knows uh, how they made it, but it's literally indestructible, right? Like they okay. fired siege engines at it and it, it hasn't gone anywhere, but people are living there because it's still perfectly livable. Right. Okay. So that would lead into my second question based on sort of what you've established. What sort of broad strokes, technological level of advancement, the situation, uh, the, the civilization that's gone, what, what did they sort of reach? What sort of level of technological advancement is the current civilization at? And how much cross pollination and impact has? discovering ruins and, and machines and whatever from the previous civilization had on the current one. I hadn't actually thought about machines, um, but that, that might be informed by sort of the next point on my bullet point list. Uh, so magical, magical artifacts are reasonably common, but are illegal for trade pretty much everywhere. Okay. Uh, so uh, magic is pretty much distrusted. Uh, feared, often loathed as nobody has any proof or any history or any any real knowledge about it, but everyone kind of assumes that, you know, some kind of magical war happened and that's what caused the fall of the civilization. Okay. Uh, one of the things that is important sort of in my brain is that the fallen civilization or maybe civilizations there is no explanation for it right mm -hmm. uh because if you explain it then it's no longer like it needs to be no, mysterious. it's the mystery yeah yes and solving that mystery is not anyone's quest like nobody's interested in solving that there's no there's no hooks for that there's no um you know oh if i just take everyone has a theory uh and everyone's theory is probably wrong okay uh okay so it is illegal to to do things with magic in public again for the same you know fears and, and whatnot uh both divine and arcane magic so the machines question is an interesting one because i think it would make sense to have uh you know a few sort of um gugas and gadgets and and just things hanging around that some of them are like oh hey you know this one seems to to you know manufacture water out of thin air and it's been running for the last 150 years and we just don't touch it and it just makes water um you know and here's the thing that when you push this button it makes noises and there's lights but we don't know what it does or what it's for okay so based on that i assume that there was a at least a reasonable level of technological advancement in the fallen civilization yeah, some amount. And, it was it was big. There was no doubt you know, that it was big. And it sounds like a, a relatively low level of sophistication than in the current civilization. So we're talking what would be a, what would be an analog like sort of like, like stereotypical me medieval kind of 
later than medieval, uh, but, but probably not quite Renaissance. Uh, and there would be a, a large disparity sort of like from, from region to region potentially. Sure. Um, but like the level of like the three musketeers would be sort of like top level technology. Okay. You know, give us a, give us a chance to feel a little bit superior to the, the heroes that are existing in, in the world. You know, I'm playing as my hero, but in reality, I have better teeth. <laughs> All right. Do you have, uh, I assume, plans for whether or not contemporary magic exists outside of the it exists. trinkets and doodads and, and, and relics and stuff? So are there there would be like secret... magic users? Yes, there would okay. be. They would just they would have to stay hidden. It's very much a like if you're caught doing this stuff in public, pitchforks and torches. Okay. Right. Uh, think like persecution of, of witches in, you know, in the, the crazy times. So okay. like the, the accusation of, hey, this is this is a magic user is a very serious one. But there would probably be like secret underground societies and and things like that, because secrets are important for uh, this kind of thing, I think. I think it would also be the sort of thing where, uh, like, you know, neighboring countries would would go to war, and the the propaganda that would be given to your citizenry to get them to go to war is like those guys over there. They're using magic. They're going to break the world again, and we got to stop them. Okay. So I know, I know you said you'd probably wait until you knew what your players were going to be. Uh, before making some decisions, but I'm actually going to pull you back to, to that initial question. Not so much what you want your players to feel, mm-hmm. but in a broad sense, what sort of gameplay and mechanics would you like your players to explore in particular as it relates to engaging with your world? Like you've set up this, this thing where, where magic is a taboo. Mm-hmm. Is that part of what you would like to explore in this world? Um, potentially a bit. Uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be. I think that the things that are are sort of open for um, ideas, tropes, and uh, and sort of goals for adventurers, like exploration is a big one. Okay. All right. Here's what we know, but here's an unknown. Like, go look at it. What do you find? That's That's interesting and neat, right? And being someone who sort of I think that I'm actually drawing some a little bit of inspiration here from uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, which I didn't re- I didn't recognize until literally right now. Okay, um, that that's uh, funny actually. Yeah, because it is. I mean, like this is this is basically what happened there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and sort of like the the exploration of ruins is not necessarily forbidden, but it's like, oh, you're one of those people all right children stay back but at the same time if you get anything neat (laughs) right where people want the stuff that you find right and there's a potential for uh financial gain there there's a potential for uh finding something that could gain you prestige and political power um but um, but exploration is definitely one. Uh, the social dynamic is is one that's interesting to me, but I'm not entirely certain that I would be good at developing that. 
because I think that there's an awful lot of interesting uh, social interfaces. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but there's an awful lot of interactions that could be neat between people who are interested in exploring magic and people who are fundamentally against it. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned that uh, magic would have both arcane and divine origins. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's explore the divine angle. You're talking about gods, and, and and how does that sort of work in your world? Ah, uh, well, this is this is a thing, and this this that needs to be left very loosey goosey, specifically because I don't want to tie it to a, a specific system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the system that I'm developing, magic works very very differently than most I've seen. Yeah, like okay. Uh, let me but, reframe but this ar- question. Arcane versus divine. Let um, me re- yeah. Let me reframe this question then. Let's pretend this isn't a role playing game for a second, and you're you're sort of rough outline of a world for a fantasy novel. Sure. Okay. So you don't need to understand the mechanics necessarily of a magic system so much as sort of a broad strokes. How does magic happen? Um, the relationship right. of magic to the world, the relationship of magic to gods or, or uh, pantheon or divinities or, you know, whatever that is. So do gods roam this world of yours? Question number one. Uh, no. Uh, in, in avatar form, no. Potentially as unseen forces, maybe. Okay. But I think that in my mind anyway, it's important that... Uh, it's important that that remain an unknown. Okay. It's like, was that divine intervention or did we just get really lucky? Um, but I, the reason that I, that I, I'm suggesting like arcane and divine is that oftentimes we as human beings sort of, you know, if, if magic were real, I guarantee you that some of it would belong to the church and some of it would belong to the not the church, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's just one of it's a social construct more than anything else. Where it's like, oh, that's that's stuff that holy people do, right? And there's definitely not public acceptance of that, um, mm-hmm. and definitely it's definitely still illegal. But people would be much more inclined to turn a blind eye to the old lady at the end of the road who heals sick people. Uh, than they are to, you know, the guy in the street corner who's juggling fire. Okay. Uh, I'll simplify my question again, because I think it's important to shaping the world. Sure. Do gods exist, or does the unexplainable exist and the people in the world try to explain it through the concept of gods? I, I refuse to explain uh specifically because it's unknown okay um it it would be like as a as a real world analog there are people who pray to gods and really really believe in them absolutely and and some of them can do you know some of them bleed from five wounds and heal people that's that's a deep reference if you can tell me where that's from i'll be impressed i feel like i should remember it and i don't it was a pretty good movie, but it was from, I think, the 80s. <laughs> so it was a minute ago. Uh, 
It's really not important. But there are some people who believe that the abilities that they have are of divine origin. Um, and there are some people who, you know, believe that whatever they can do and whatever happens is 100% their own energy or just their understanding of the, the nature of the world. Yeah, the, the, I think the fundamental difference between trying to draw parallels to our world and a world in which magic actually exists is that magic actually exists you know, in, yeah right <laughs> you know so so it, it, it's more than just belief at that point if you've got yes. magic and people capable yes. of performing magic yes people definitely do perform magic uh whether or not it is of divine origin and whether it comes from the power of gods or just some well of energy that exists is really dependent on your point of view. Okay. Right. And the, some people would look at the outcome of, you know, flexing that kind of power as well, that's obviously divine and that's obviously arcane, even though in reality, are they different? It might be just different expressions of the same, you know, extra force, whatever that mm -hmm. is. Magic. And that's something I've I've liked exploring. Um, and I D and D fifth uh, edition especially doesn't do it incredibly well. Like it pays lip service to it, but I I like the idea that you know magic, whether divine or not, actually has a single origin, but different Maybe. ways of manipulating that origin. Yeah, yep. you think about the difference between sorcerers and wizards. Yep. Right? Like, you know, wizards are all about creating this this plan, this schematic for how we're going to channel this energy that comes from the weave and and you know, this is big long sort of academic drawn out process for harnessing this and and bending it to a particular task. And then sorcerers are like, "YOLO, whoop." <laughs> Solos are just, "Yeah, but if I really want it enough, like that should be yep. enough, right?" And yeah. hey, it's always worked for me. Yep. Uh, you know, where where your your divine classes are, are less about you directly manipulating the 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 magic source, but using please, an please, entity please, please, as a please, proxy. Please. You know, yeah. that would apply to warlocks too. Yes. Um, the, I, I like that, and I like I like the idea of exploring that a little bit more than you'd typically get in a like a D and D sort well, of setting. Without getting like oh, weird way metaphysical, it, right? yeah, yeah, or like I know that there's certain um, Strixhaven probably comes to mind that you know embraces that school of magic kind of uh, thing for D and D and Magic the Gathering before that, and um, the fifth edition uh, making it simplified is actually a, a very conscious design choice. Oh, absolutely. In the in the original Dungeons and Dragons, like if you want to be a paladin, you got to be lawful good and you have to choose a god. And if you do anything that makes the god upset, congratulations, you're a fighter. So. Okay. Mm. So you mentioned Horizon Zero Dawn and that, yeah. that world, our world. That game, like the, mm -hmm. the, the present timeline in that game has a very, very specific flavor that separates it from generic fantasy-ish, medieval-ish, yes. sword and board-ish type settings. Do you have any particular flavors in mind? 
kind of thing that like if I were were an alien and I were to come to this world and I've seen a hundred other worlds or game settings or systems or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, then I stumble across this one. What's going to jump out at me? Uh, okay. So everything on the surface. Okay. So here, here is, uh, here is kind of a tagline approach to the idea. Everything seems normal on the surface. Another, another sort of thing that I was thinking about when I was considering this is the idea of the underdark okay um which is basically like a whole underworld i don't really want to do underdark right it's 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 it is literally uh a new world built on the ruins of the old right right sometimes borrowing bits of it sometimes outright stealing bits of it sometimes dismantling some of it to build up the new um that's that's really the biggest biggest flavor thing um I think that if you consider that it's an entire world, then um, like you and I would probably be most comfortable uh, building up an area that is sort of European in flavor from, you know, medieval through Renaissance, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a world. So it it could very, very easily be built on, uh, you know, Eastern uh, societal tropes or, or, you know, African or, you know, like, hey, here's an island in the ocean where, you know, we used to send prisoners and now they've developed a society, right? So it, it makes sense to have, I, like, I almost think that I would like to, to you know, take a map of our world and say, you know, bunk, this is a thing that happened here. It's not our world. It just has continents in exactly the same shape. Uh, just so that if someone else wanted to use it, they'd go, oh, well, here's where I live. You know, I'm going to go to Google Maps and plunk, here's my town with all the street names removed. This is my map. All right, let's, let's put things down. Uh, I'm not sure that that works. I'm not, not sure that Google would allow that. I mean, not like they can stop us. I took a screenshot. Catch me. <laughs> So, so what would be the the level of urbanization in this world? Low, very, very low. Um, I, I had some thoughts about that, and I'm not entirely certain how comfortable I am with the idea of whatever catastrophe happened. Um, the uh, the birth rate for you know the societies for everyone for the entire planet have basically dropped off. So, like, uh, growth levels are very, very low. You know, I don't know, 90% of the population of the world died. And it hasn't really grown a whole lot since then. It's not like, uh, you know, like, I don't want to get really, uh, really dark or anything. It's not like, oh, there's plagues every once in a while that wipe people out. But, you know, once, once populations reach a certain size, they just stop growing. Right. Yeah. So you, you have 10% of like, which would be like a billion people ish on the whole planet. And eh, that level is reasonably stable. Okay. Uh, what extent of globalization has reasserted itself? So like how, how much contact do these isolated populations have both with neighboring populations and I reasonable populations. I think uh, going based on sort of how our most natural populations work, something like 
70 percent of people are happy to you know be born and live and die within a 10 mile radius mm-hmm. and 30 percent of people are like hey man what's over the next hill right and sometimes they're over the next hill and over the next hill and over the next hill and they go everywhere and then they come home and tell people about it so is this a world um you know pre-1492 europe where you know there was entire continents on the planet that nobody knew existed well there was some from the other side of the world right like yeah. nobody that lived in europe knew existed uh, um, is that think, sort of a thing or do you do you think this is a world that has been reasonably well explored at this point um i think probably there's lots of people who think that most of the world is known but there would still be areas of the map um especially because it, it needs to be left open for hey let's do something new in the future Right, so there's blank areas of of the map that mm. would be like here be dragons. We don't know what's over there, right? People have probably been, they just didn't make maps, yeah, or maybe they didn't come back. Uh, yeah, uh, I know I'm asking a lot of questions, but yeah, you know, you should. I, I, I mean, knew nothing coming into this, but to back up to to sort of my approach again for for world building specifically for role playing games, Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. tabletop. Uh, you can kind of think of it almost like three circles, right? The, uh, the, like the, talking Venn diagram or into out? Into out, sort of nested. That, okay. that sort of, t- imagine a circle, you know, a small circle at the bottom of a grid, and then the bottom overlaps, but you have another circle, and then you have another circle. Oh, kind of okay. So that smallest circle is sort of your 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 local world. Right. You're starting a game. Session zero, session one, you need to have this reasonably well established. Yes, it's, it's, um, what's the little town just out, just south of, uh, Baldur's Gate, uh, that gets used a lot? Like Candlekeep or, um, no, Daggerford. Yes. Yeah. Then you have the, the sort of regional world. Yep. that you need to have enough detail prepared to sufficiently improvise, right? Yep. We're going to go here. Uh, hey, what's, you know, what's down that road? What's, you know, people are filtering into this town. Where are they coming from? Yep. You know, okay, well, that person's from this place. Generally, what do they do there? Broad mm-hmm. strokes, kind of point form preparation, just enough detail that you can fill in the blanks without having to make up something completely from scratch. Yes. And then you've got the rest of the world, which is more or less almost blank. Almost blank in terms of detail, but yep. also some of your strongest kind of key pillars mm-hmm. for how the world functions exist here. Now, those have been sort of some of the questions that I've been, yep. I've been asking now. Yes. Does magic exist? Where does it come from? Levels of yep. technology, the amount of globalization, things like that. Yep. Um, you know, continents are here. These continents yes. have names. People do or don't live on them. That's probably enough. Yes. For that outer circle for now. And then as you, your, your game moves into, mm-hmm. uh, and this is why I like the idea of the circles that kind of overlap because it isn't just you're in this big circle now. It's your small circle is kind of expanding out to, to overlap with this part of this inner circle yes. or middle circle. And then... By doing that, you need growing. To, yeah, you need to then flesh out some of the details of the biggest circle that are closest to the point that they've kind of moved out into mm-hmm. there. Um, 
So you have players, you have just, we'll say a random set of pretty prototypical characters created for this world, mm -hmm. performing the usual sort of roles. And you're about yep. to run a session zero. Uh-huh. So you're, you're asking me, what do I tell them? Well, we, we've, we've explored the broad strokes of this world a little bit now. Yes. And, I'm, and I know I'm getting ahead of what you've probably prepared, but oh, yeah. you now That's want fine. to bring people into this world at sort of that local level. You all what does gather that at the like? local inn. There is beer flowing freely and a comely young woman who is distributing drinks to patrons in the bar. Uh, does she have eight legs or two? Uh, that's okay. So that brings me to I have so I had those notes that we sort of went over, and we've covered a couple of things, various places that because uh, these are these are very good questions because mm -hmm. you and I approach these things very differently, and I find your views inform the, my blind spots really well. Um, so I wrote down this is this this is for discussion way later. Mm -hmm. uh, I wrote down a list of places. Okay. Right. So where we exist right now has no name. Oh, by the way, the very first thing that I wrote down was the world name question mark. Right. Cause world. I, yeah, for now, but that's one of the things, cause I have a list of here's things that I need to figure out. Um, so I have a list of places. There are four of them in the far West is a place called the Shadowlands. What does that mean? I don't know. It's far away in the West. Don't worry about it. Uh, the Great North Wood. It's very woodsy. Not a lot of people live there. I mean, I live there. It's literally going to be it's, it's my house. Um, the Eastern Mountains. You know, they're very big. No one we know has crossed them. And the Southern Desert, which again is uh, like more or less uncrossable. People have done it, but all of these things in my mind are hey, Here's things to plant in your mind as seeds of places you may want to go and explore. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of that. That for me right now is that outer circle, right? The sort of this is this is how far uh, th these are places that have names, mm -hmm. but no details. So that's for discussion later. And, and realistically, I would think that would actually need to be the middle circle. Like thinking geographically, yes, like, yes, you know, yes. there's a world and then yeah. the, the analog would be the, the known world. Think back in, in sort of uh, cradle of civilization, Mesopotamian times where it's like, yes. well, we got everything around the, the, the Mediterranean here and this little bit over here in this sandy area and this bit down here before we get to a bigger sandy area. And then there's this big grassy field up here. You know, yeah. which which realistically speaking is is sort of the 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 little area between say the the Eurasian steppes and and northern Africa and uh, what we would now call the Middle East mm -hmm. and uh, what would have been sort of Eastern Europe a very very small slice of of the Eurasian the and African continent called yeah. the known world. No, that's a good way to describe it, actually, is, mm -hmm. is that you've got like like your local area, which is like, you know, everybody can walk that in a day. Yeah. Um, there's a because Tolkien is is in my brain as I'm doing this as well. Um, 
and the idea that in the movies, right, Samwise gets to a certain point and stops and, you know, like they're in the middle of a cornfield and Frodo's like, what's the problem? If I take one more step, I will be farther from home than I have ever been, mm-hmm. right? Everything inside of that, everything inside the Shire is, you know, you can go there, you can do things, you know the people. And even if you don't know the people, mm-hmm. they're, they're local, right? You can say, hey, I'm from down the road. And they'll be like, okay, we have something in common. We have some sort of, some sort of uh, shared value system, whatever that is. Even if we differ- disagree about whether mushrooms are delicious or not, we both understand that mushrooms are important right that kind of thing and then you've got like the outside which is sort of if you go as far as brie um and i do agree with you that those those places i listed are sort of in that middle circle which Mm -hmm. is uh, so areas you need to have and know enough about to improvise yes because realistically people in your local area like they could be traveling to and from those areas in in a reasonable amount of time Yes. Your players mid campaign could be like, "Hey, you know what? We're 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 tired of whomping rats. Yeah, let's, let's go, go somewhere dragon. else. You know, yep. and and yep. those are the places they're going to branch out to. So you need to have a little bit more framework preparation in those spots. I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah like like those are those are like yeah. next on the list for development. But yes, it, yeah, yeah. definitely you need local first. Um, all right. So I have a, a list also of things that are needed. Uh, and you mentioned about like, does she have two legs or eight? And the first question on my list is what species are here? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it makes sense to lean on, uh, you know, again, like if, if you, if you are using this in your neck of the woods, you go, Hey, what kind of creatures do we have around here? Right. So for me, it would be like raccoons and bears and moose, right. There's squirrels and various birds they're not really important, but the, the flavor is whatever's, whatever is local. Um, let's, but I was let's, thinking let's about move that like up the food chain a little bit though and talk humans and orcs and dwarves and elves yeah. and things like that. Right. And I don't know the answer to that question. That's why it's a big question mark. Um, and, you know, I was kind of thinking that this would be um, like a collaborative effort as it has been, as it mm-hmm. is continuing to be. Uh, so I would really like your input on what kind of species should there be? Humans, because we identify with those most. I mean, the, the obvious answer up front, uh, and it's more a question than an answer, is how much work are you prepared to put into exploring the idea of multiple species this is where the, the lines between species and races and stuff blend in and not piss a whole bunch of people off by doing it because it's generally easy to exp- like to just do humans and have different sort of cultural centers that have their own flavor, but they're not, not different species with different abilities. And there's, there's no sort of superiority shit going on here right i i really think that i mean that again because i want i want the setting to be a little bit system neutral Mm -hmm. um i don't want to say that there aren't any but i'm i'm kind of of the my opinion is that i would like everything to be human or humanoid as much as lazile hates the term humanoid um 
because we, after all, we are a BG three podcast, right? Of course. I know that you've stopped playing. Um, rather than, you know, various species or races as they've, you know, sort of traditionally been called being defined. I think that's, that's flavor for whatever you want to do in your particular game. Right. The world, the world is, is reasonably human centric. Um, and in, in my, cause I, what I really want to do if I can convince people to do it is like play test out my system in mm -hmm. like in a, an in-person game. Um, and a lot of things that are traditionally, uh, you know, like this is, this is, this is what humans are and this is what orcs are and this is what elves are. It's just flavor. Right. If you want to say you have pointed ears and wings, that's fine. You can't fly and you don't hear any better. Carry on. Describe your character as your character is. Um, you know, and you choose to build out your character however you want your character to be. Mm -hmm. But that's uh, an important distinction, right? Because we're now talking okay. about flavor descriptions of of. of basically the same thing we're not we're not granting bonuses to right you know different species or different races like i think you have to 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 avoid the pitfalls of that you almost have to either don't do it or really really lean into it so that like you know i go back to the the mass effect universe a fair bit you know you look at the alien species there and yeah to a to a certain extent there's a lot of like Star Trek, you know, humans with shit on their forehead kind of thing happening with some of the races, but there's a little bit more to it than that. But some of them are so physically, you know, got basically a floating jellyfish for one, yeah. or you've got something that looks like a, like imagine a cow or an ox evolved into a, to a sentient species on a, on a very high gravity world. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're basically like a, an elephant without a trunk. You know, so then you you can explain away differences in a way that doesn't sound like people right. aren't going to be offended by hey this person you know this species evolved on a on a on a world where the gravity is three times stronger than it is here, so they're, they're used stronger. to holding up you know their own weight. They're a little bit yep. stronger, you know, or, or or these guys are amphibians, so they have some characteristics that are they can swim. You know, breathe like, water, you know, or, or something like that, or hold their breath a really long time. Yeah, it's the yeah. the you know, goblins are evil, and and you know, dwarves are are you know, insert Jewish mm. stereotype here, or you know, elves are effeminate, things like that. That you know, when you get into those areas, like it, it's probably better to just avoid it. If I were building um, a world. Yeah, so world-wise, I think there needs to be room for if you want to plunk down a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure here. Yeah, there's elves and dwarves. But as far as the setting is concerned, uh, everyone is the same. Um, and if you're going to add in like various different kinds of monsters and things, which you know is sort of the intent, they're literal monstrosities. It's not... You know, here's a, a human person who is transformed into a thing, so maybe they're redeemable. Right? I, I 
As much as I would be interested in sometimes exploring social themes, I don't want to get into the are they good or evil or not argument too much. Okay. Right? That, if you're gonna go that's if important. you're gonna Yeah, if you're gonna go hunting dragons, it's because dragons are mindless beasts who eat people and burn towns. Just because they like to. Dragons are basically cats okay. if they were big and flying and breathing fire. Okay. Like, oh, it'd be fun to set this on fire. I'm going to set that on fire. And then I'm going to poop on it. And then I'm going to barf on it. But hey, that's, that's an important sort of thing to keep in mind as you're planning out your world. Because it's not just about, you know, races and monsters. It's about institutions and... and uh, Politics and religion are the next questions on Cults, list. crime... You know, yes. underground organizations like if if you really want to avoid exploring I, I, morality and uh, and no, the I nuances don't. of it, I don't want to avoid exploring morality. And there are some nuances that I want to avoid. Uh, I want to avoid the idea of, for example, the Drow race. Yes, right. Absolutely. Like, that's just like. Uh, like that's a no-brainer. Like that's yep. just not. It's not like, hey, these people look different. They're pretty much people, just like other people, but they look a little different, so they're evil. Mm -hmm. um, I want to avoid that at all costs. It's there are some monsters, and the monsters are just monsters, and there are some people who are also bad people. Okay. And de depending on what kind of game you're going to be playing, you worry about one versus the other, right? Like in in the one thing, it's like, hey, we're going into a dungeon. It's full of monsters. We can kill the monsters and take their stuff. It's fine. They're monsters, right? There's monsters and Nazis. That's that's what's in the dungeon, um, you know. And then there's other there's other sort of things where you can do where it's like, oh, hey, here's this secret underground cult, and they're they're trying to reactivate this machine that might just be the machine that broke the world. We should probably stop them. Mm -hmm. Also, gosh, do they have branches in every town we know about? Oh no. Right, but those are two very different kinds of games, mm -hmm. and both need room to exist. Uh, okay, so yeah, we've gone gone kind of over the uh, the stuff that the broad strokes of things. Um, so politics, religion, uh, regions, and customs, I think, is kind of an important thing. Like, what is we we sort of covered that by, hey, what do they do over there? Um, the idea of a map is probably important, at least for the local stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so here's some things uh, that I would like to actually not, I mean, maybe brainstorm now, maybe go away and, and work on and come back. Yeah, I've been asking uh, questions and, and you've been doing a lot of talking. So like, feel free to okay. flip this so, around here. So here's the thing is that like one of the things that I have a great deal of trouble with is coming up with names for things. Okay. Um, so some things that I need names for the world, um, which is like not super important. It's more or less like a title for the whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. for now the world is fine. Um, but there's, there needs to be a name for whatever the local town area, whatever is, uh, there needs to be one for sort of the region that we're starting in. Uh, I have the sort of four, you know, outer circle type places, uh, but mm -hmm. I'll need some, some stuff in there. Um, and here's something that I thought just because 
one of the things that really makes a world feel alive is a little bit of history that's maybe not real. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like like Paul Bunyan type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, myths and legends. Really only names, though. And I don't know if that's something that you want to brainstorm now. You got anything off the top of your head? The name of, of something that is, is mythical or legendary. Well, the just just talking about names in general, I think there's some sort of, and this could be different for each region, mm-hmm. but there's some some things you probably want to establish up front, and and this is a common fantasy thing, right? Where you're trying to portray a world that is fantasy, and how many syllables does your you know all your heroes' names have? Like, are are people here called? Um, Bob and Jim, or are they generally called um, Legolas I, and and Dernick and you know names that maybe maybe don't have both? Okay. Um, one of the things that I really like have you have you read? I can't remember if we've talked about uh, Gardens of the Moon, Stephen Erickson. No, I've I've Stephen Erickson's on my list of stuff to read. Um, probably jump there next yeah um although those are big i mean they're big and epic they're That's great part of the 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 malazan stuff right yes yeah. specifically one of the things that i really like is the the malazans as the ones in the oh what do they call their military thing the legion something something i don't know, I don't know. Is the, that, the only is, thing i really know from from all of that stuff is the bone hunters just because i was in a wow guild that, that borrowed that name, but okay. Yeah. Well, the bone, is it the bone hunters? What is it? What is the name of anyway? They, there's a, there's a, the, the Malazan military thing. And I forget what they're called. Cause I'm two beers in now. Uh, they, when they join the Legion, they take new names, whatever their names were before they get named by the Sergeant who sort of trains them. Mm-hmm. based on what he thinks they are right so like one dude showed up with a broken fiddle so he called him fiddler mm-hmm. right and uh like one guy is called whiskey jack because he was whistling the tune that because a whiskey jack is also called a gray jay uh we we actually have them here um he was whistling the tune that they do or or something like that so there's there's like one guy called boots um there there was uh like so I really like the idea of names that are things, right? Like really simple names. If you think about, you know, my name is two dogs fighting, you know, or, or two wet dogs or whatever. And, you know, like you should, you should, you know, hear what my older brother was called that the mm-hmm. kind of thing where people are named after something that is experiential in their world. No, that, and, and that's kind of where I was going to, cause this, this, yeah. this reflects everything else. Like when you're thinking about naming cities, if that's your approach to naming things, then even if oh, you're going to give cities like funky names, you know, you look Stone at your Bridge. map. Yeah, you, you look at a map and you, you need to say, okay, I want to put a city there. Why do I need to put a city there? Well, I need something there that does a thing. What is What do the people in this town do? What's the, yeah. the primary industry? Blah, like that's your, your bullet. Like this is, this is your middle circle now. There is a yeah. city. It's called this primary sort of reason for that city being there is there's mines. 
because there's mines, I know now that I can improvise things around, okay, well, there's mines there. What does that mean? Well, right. there's going to be a lot of people there. There's going to have to be sort of a support community for the mines. There's going to have to be do people dealing with import-export. So there's going to be people moving in and out of that area. It's going to yeah. be a ton of smiths. It's going to be a ton of, you know, boom, I, got, the, I, I got enough detailed information. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's called Copper Town. Or it's it's called Copper Run. Or or it's it's called Silver Hill. Yeah. And even if you don't get quite so literal with the names, you can kind of use that as the starting point, right? And yep. then say, well, yes, this town maybe was once called Iron Forge 400 years ago, but yeah. the mines dried up. The, the 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 dialect has shifted and now it's called something that you know is kind of like iron forge yeah like rusty anvil <laughs> you know or 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 you know rust something or rustville yeah okay so yes uh i think i think i i like the idea of them being reasonably literal though okay uh, so I need to come up with some names of like myths and legends, uh, things that are, I don't know, like the lost city of Atlantis or, um, you know, the, the, uh, the legend of El Dorado or, or Paul Bunyan again is a, uh, mm -hmm. a thing. I need to come well, up with some artifact level items. Yeah. So, so the first obvious thing is you're going to have legends that are, are just completely random, but yep. you're going to have a lot of legends that are based around this civilization that, it, that existed before. Maybe it's not, you know, direct knowledge, firsthand accounts of that civilization, but it's somebody found a thing and they tried to explain it and their explanation, you know, like a game of telephone is, has, has, has changed and evolved and been exaggerated over the years. Mm -hmm. You know, the route for it might be, well, they found something that was basically a car. This yeah. world doesn't know what cars are. You know, the horseless carriage. And, uh, you know, you, you turn that into something. All of a sudden you've, you've got, you know, a chariot of the gods kind of situation or, or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that'd be a good way of coming up with it. Figure out what the technological level of that long lost civilization was figure out things like hey if we're going to establish that we're mostly humanoid in the present time are we descendants from that civilization or was that something else are we talking about or, sentient dinosaurs or are we talking about you know dragons. and then and then well then you're going to take sort of the imagery that's established by things like finding bones fossils and turn that into dragons you know, there's a reasonable chance that our own sort of mythological dragons have come from, and I mean, nobody knows this for sure, but have come from people finding fossilized dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Yeah, well, you it know? makes sense. Especially or, incomplete skeletons, right? Because you're just trying to explain, you know, these, these giant jaws or... Or like the, the skeleton of a of a, an elephant, if you happen to be from like Northern Europe, where it's like, what the hell is this? Yeah, this well, is absolutely. Huge. It's a cyclops, for goodness sake. Yeah. So I think if you flesh out just high level details about what that civilization was and what things even just physically make them different from the contemporary civilizations and cultures, 
that will inform where you go with a lot of those myths. And then the other ones you can just kind of flesh out is, is like campfire story kind of stuff. I don't know that you need to probably have a lot of those prepared in advance. I think maybe in your local area, your yes. local town, you're going to want to establish some key events that happened in the past for your village or town, establish some local hero figures who founded the town. Um, you know, if there was a major conflict in the area, uh, who won that major conflict, um, you know, something as simple as like, was there a major fire at some point and, and, and one local hero stepped up and, and saved a bunch of families from certain death. And then you just exaggerate those stories mm -hmm. and, and turn them into the, the Paul Bunyans and the, and the, the Balders. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have a good path forward. Here's a question for mm -hmm. you. Are you willing to come up with some things and share them with me? Sure. Cool. Cause that's like, I, cause I'll, I'll do some of that too. Right. Like I, I, I also enjoy that, but it's nice to have, uh, things that didn't come out of my own brain. Okay. So, so that, that's a, the clear thing we should establish up front then. Yes. Until we started talking about this, this is your thing. Yes. Do you I'm want this to be a mostly your thing or a eventually uh, our thing kind of thing? Like how much? I think, I think I would like it to be our thing. I would like, I think though that I would like either one of us to have veto power over anything. Okay. So well, I mean, this is fair. like, this whole thing is the result of your own sort of wanting to do this. You have your own reasons for doing this. So it makes sense that ownership of this i'm not talking about hey we're going to monetize it down the road and you're going to get 51 percent yeah. or whatever i'm talking about like i'm i'm fine with 50 and a half <laughs> you know i'm talking that this is still your thing that you've asked me to help you with but ultimately i'm 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 helping you build this rather than building sure. my piece of this and i'm cool uh, with that i mean either way the, the, we'll the see, line we'll... between those is blurry but you know what i mean like i'm not gonna just yeah you know the it how I present information to you will remain. I was thinking this would be cool. What do you think versus I put this town here and this is what the people are like. Yeah, I think, I mean, is it in, in the, in the end, I think the idea of the world is big enough that it might make sense for us to do that. Um, at some point we probably need to have a little bit of, of sort of like mutual buy-in for it. Like if, mm -hmm. if there's something that, that just makes either one of us go, uh, oh, no, then I think it's, it's a no. Cause if we both say no, then it's probably a bad idea. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but it would be neat to have, especially it would be neat to do like, okay, I'm going to, you know, have my, my tabletop play through thing and it's going to develop this and this comes out of that, you know, and maybe you do similar or maybe you just write some shit down mm -hmm. and then maybe there's a little bit of crossover where I do some stuff in, in your area and go, here's something that I, I noticed was missing and here's what I put there. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Oh, that doesn't work. Okay. Well, we'll do something else then. Um, but it, it would, it would very definitely give it in that way. We might have two sort of separate things that are loosely connected with a reasonable amount of thematic overlap, but and enough difference that they feel different. And, and, and that's appropriate, right? Like, I mean, yes. You know, 
I, I don't imagine that somebody living in the middle of ancient Assyria and somebody you know, living in, um, well, what would have been around at the time, uh, uh, side of China, let's say. Oh like, yeah, you they'd know, be, there, there, were, there would be significant differences in literally everything. Yes, yes, so, literally everything. So, I mean, that's appropriate, and then you you sort of massage them to make them fit together eventually. Or you, you collaborate on an area in between where there's a little right. bit of overlap. Yeah. 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 For sure. And and you look at a lot of the the Forgotten Realms is probably a good example of like you know it started off as a, as an Ed Greenwood thing, mm. but you know the the amount of detail that he put into it versus what it is now after everybody else has had their hands on it, they've kind of created their little pieces of it and then through iteration and iteration and iteration they now kind of okay well we have a good picture of what this this continent uh Faerun in up in the world of Toro looks like we still really don't know too much about some of these other places but there's there's some people who have done some stuff in mm -hmm. other places but yeah i i agree with your your overall point that's exactly what kind of what i'm looking to do mm -hmm. um and I don't, I don't for a moment believe that we'll be as wildly successful as they were. No. And that's fine. I'm really just looking for, I want something that I don't have to go looking up and go, I don't want to step on any toes. I need to know what the history of this is. I need to know what that looks like. I need to know who's there. This is, this is something that, you know, came out of our brains. I'm reasonably familiar with it. And it's, generic enough that if i need to make something up nobody's gonna go oh my god the purple riders of azun would totally fly in and tell you you're not allowed to do that mm -hmm. and that's you know i mean that that's the thing like i don't like baggage yeah. I, and i tried to walk the line like in my my D, &D campaigns right like yes this exists in a world that had been very well developed at some point but you know it's post-apocalyptic in nature because i wanted to like get rid of all of that baggage, but I still wanted to have some things that I could lean on, you know? Hey, yep. elves used to live here and, and, and there's some mountains here and my players, cause I, when I, when I designed it, it was meant for new players. Mm -hmm. So the ability of, of material to look at it, like even a map of the, the sword coast and say, okay, I know where I'm, I'm my city of hope is built on the ruins of Waterdeep, but I can see where Waterdeep was and I can see where it is relative to some of this other stuff get a feel for mm -hmm. you know broad stroke kind of things that apply to this world as well i i really i i love maps as well i love drawing maps i love making maps um i'm not i'm not sure i'm any good at it but i also have this idea that i want to like actually 3d design dungeons because i mean that's what i do every day right is design things in 3d mm-hmm uh, like it would be super cool to do like a, a cutaway sort of isometric 3D dungeon and go, here's a dungeon. And I know where everything is relative to everything else. But details, those are details for later. I like I think this has been like really awesome because it it's got there's a few sort of different ways of looking at things that I've got here. Um, and like you've also pointed out an awful lot of work that I need to do. And I hate you for that. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> if I can leave you with one bit of homework. 
Okay. And then don't take this as a criticism because you're, you're very in early stages of just thinking about this. I suggest thinking about giving your, your world something that makes it feel unique from other fantasy settings. Oh, but really what I wanted to do is I wanted to copy all of the cool things from all the ones I like. Well, and you can, you can do that and make it your own, but you know, the, you referenced horizon zero Dawn, for instance. Yep. Okay. What is it that makes that feel unique? Just walking around the world. Uh, there's robot uh, animals. This giant robot dinosaurs, and wow, isn't that cool? And I'd sure like to know what they're all about. Well, I thought, I think that the idea that, especially if, if like a cake, it had layers, um, what if this isn't the first time this happened, right? Every, every layer that you go deeper is an older civilization. And there's yeah, less and less but, of it left. But that's just normal, right? Like that that's how our world works. Like, you know, yes. you think of think of them, I forget the name of the 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 scientist. He was a fucking moron. Um Oh, would you like a list? Uh the Schieven, Schlieven. Anyway, he's he's the guy that was obsessed with finding the city of Troy believing that okay. it exists from Homer's Odyssey. And he, he tracked it down to a particular location where there was like actual stuff now. And he's like, well, Troy will be the thing at the bottom of this. And he blew most of it up with dynamite and then realized actually the Troy that exists in, in, in the Iliad was like the fifth layer up. And there was a bunch of shit below that. And he blew right. most of what he was looking for up trying to get to it and now i mean that's kind of a silly thing but that that just illustrates how oh no everything is built on the layer of the thing that comes before the, yeah. the okay so what what makes this okay yeah like a visual just, like you know think think of it even bigger like just I'm, I'm literally standing in the world looking at it around try and give it something a little bit unique like if you for instance thought about something that was steampunk you know you're mm -hmm. gonna have there's going to be an aesthetic, but you're also going to have, ooh, like look at these funky airships and stuff filling the right. sky. And that's sort of a, a unique, tangible setting that sort of informs the, 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 the basic flavor. Horizon Zero Dawn, you got the robot dinosaurs. Like it's still a very kind of like a tribal setting because it's sort of in early stages of development, but a lot of, a lot of that has been influenced by the shit robot that they're dinosaurs. finding, right? Robot dinosaurs yes. and, and, and whatnot. So if you, if you want to establish that there was a, a technological civilization, for instance, that existed before but collapsed, people just disappeared. You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, fill in the blanks and, and sort of spoil the mystery. But I think making that much more just visually evident in the world. You know, well, like I like that idea of, of where you, you, you know, you find these, these materials that, you know, you can shoot it. They don't break those kinds of things. Like maybe the entire landscape is dotted with these very sort of strange looking. Yes. You know, they're not, was, they're not layers deep. We're just seeing the top half of them that's still sticking out or something yes. like that. Right. And that is exactly what I was, okay. what I was going for is that like, there's, there's multiple, it's not. 
it's not so much that you have to go down, but if you do go down, there's stuff there, mm-hmm. right? And it's not, it's not like a, a connected underworld. It's not like a, maybe there is a, like a, a subway system kind of thing. It's like there are roads under the earth, mm-hmm. like entire highways that go perfectly like it's straight sort of a cliche for miles thing, and miles. Right? But like, yes. imagine, you know, humans disappeared, what would earth look like, especially our right. urban centers in thousands of years? Like chances are they're here. Well, chances are there'd still be some skyscrapers that are standing and sticking up out of the ground. I mean, you would have, mm-hmm. you know, it's, layers it's and ruins. layers of, 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 of ruin kind of all between that kind of stuff, but there would be a very obvious evidence mm-hmm. yes. that, that something significant was here before. Yes. And that, that is, I, I don't know if it's what makes the world unique, but that is very much the aesthetic that I was thinking of is that like, there's stuff sticking up out of the ground. There are people still living in, in what you, we would consider kind of ruins, even though they're not ruined. Uh, there's some things that have fallen down. There's some things that are under the earth. There's, you know, mm-hmm. oceans have come in where there used to be people living and there's some places where it used to be oceans and now it's the oceans have moved. So you have these, these giant, mm-hmm like bowls of of salt that are filled with strange things that look like boats kind of but they're absolutely ridiculously massive mm-hmm. right and you would have I, like things that that would be analogous to crashed flying ships that are like more starship sized than like imagine like the the sort of aesthetic of the the, the crashed star destroyer in um a new harp a new hope part two the heck's it called <laughs> the first Jedi, um, uh, uh, Force Unleashed. No, not Force Unleashed. Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Yeah. Sorry, I do actually like the movie. I like I like a lot of things yeah. about it, but it's it it did not make a lot of impact on my mind. I refer to Dan Carlin a lot when I, when I talk about our episodes. He's sort of one of the big drivers of my interest in in a lot of history stuff recently. Uh, if you don't listen to hardcore history, check it out. But one term he uses a lot. Uh, is his Statue of Liberty in the Sand moment when you get to the end of Planet of the Apes and you realize... Ah, spoilers! Yeah, it's a (laughs) million-year-old movie. Spoiler alert. But you realize, oh no, this is our world all along, right? Yep. Um, And he he, he, he sort of draws parallels to that, to, to, you know, the, the... Greeks fighting in the in the sort of late Greco-Persian wars, coming across the ruins of cities like Nineveh, completely abandoned. They're, they're five times the size of any any contemporary large-scale cities at that point. The walls four times as thick. You know, you got twenty miles. You got to walk around this city just to get around it, kind of thing. And that's sort of a statue of liberty in the sand moment for what would be actually relatively modern times. Uh, thinking mm-hmm. about it. Um, but the reason why that's important going back to your world is if you're going to have these ruins that are very, very evident, like they're, they're dotting the landscape and you have magic as a taboo and exploration of these ruins as something that is strongly discouraged, then there's going to be systems built around that. Not necessarily strongly discouraged, more, uh, more along the lines of, uh, and I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but think of it like a caste system, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the sort of like high society fucks who are like, all of you are terrible people. And then you've got people who are like, I don't have much, 
So I'm going to go and explore here to see if I can find my fortune. Right? So they're, hello, Kevin. Um, so the people who go exploring in those ruins are, are very much uh, considered the lower echelons of society. Right. So okay. it's it's not not so much taboo to go. It's just it's considered really unfashionable to be the kind of person who would go there. Okay. Right. Think of it. Think of it a, a bit like visiting a speakeasy. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of wants to do it. It's really fun. But publicly, you have to say, oh, I would never do that. That's that's cool. And that's important because now you can think about things like counterculture movements like you know people who who are really putting the finger to the upper echelon of society that are 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 using these ruins and stuff not not just as tools like the stuff they do it in private but like literally wearing it on their sleeves what does that look like what kind of things are they finding like you know the um i wonder i wonder if i don't know if if there's a good word to describe it but what you've just described is like basically uh like archaeology punk yeah yeah i think that's a great i'm writing that down this may not this may not sound like a good idea when i'm sober but it sounds great right now (laughs) i need you know i need a catchier phrase for it I mean, you could also call it cultural appropriation, but it's probably distant enough that it doesn't doesn't matter so much. But you know, you you think of like the, the the um the Egypt craze that happened in the the eighteen hundreds, for instance, right, where everybody was just they couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Literally robbing tombs and 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 destroying yes. monuments just to get their little pieces of of. Egyptian doodads and and you know eat eat They're, mummies because it's supposed to prolong your life and oh and my god and all of that shit but oh so many things are so stupid there was a great tweet um I I don't I, I don't know if it's as sweet now or whatever um mm-hmm. but back in the day when it was still Twitter uh when it was still a, a viable platform there was a tweet that came out and it was name something in the in, that is that seems British but isn't and the answer was the contents of the British Museum. <laughs> uh, and it's, I mean, it's, it's so true. And at the same time, it's so, uh, like, it's, it's just so counterintuitive. It's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. The question, I mean, the question becomes uh, with things like that sometimes is like, when, when, when is it theft and when is it not? Now, obviously, that is... 100% theft like that's it absolutely is but at some point it's like okay you dug up a thing like like who who does it belong to well and and that's you know looking at your your setting here mm-hmm. if you don't have people that are direct descendants or have a direct connection to the civilization that that created these oh, then, then there isn't yeah but I, I think that there would be an interesting uh, sort of angle to put like some sort of um, cultural movement, society, hippies, whatever, who do the same sort of thing that the, the modern druids have done with Stonehenge, where it's like, that's a druidic thing. Well, yeah, but it's not, right? Yeah. But we're claiming it anyway, right? It would be interesting to have a, a similar a similar sort of thing where it's like, 
you know, this, this is, you know, this is our culture and we're the modern descendants or the modern inheritors of, of whatever the, the society is. That one doesn't sound as exciting to me as archaeology punk, but I do I absolutely love well, that. But the, the vibe that you want to establish there will help inform the flavor that you put into whatever this civilization was, yeah. right? Like if, if you want to go after kind of a weird sort of technomancer kind of vibe that they had, and then what is that like when you're finding non-functioning shit 7,000 years in the future or whatever? But, mm -hmm. you know still trying to give it meaning and trying to impart function on it that doesn't necessarily reflect its original purpose. Yeah. Like wearing a clock as a necklace. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a funny thing that happens with a lot of archeology span and stuff. And you kind of make fun of it when it's just like, well, this, this had ceremonial purposes. This was a ceremonial thing, you know? When it's we don't know what's going on, but we're just going to assume ceremonial, yeah. sort of religious, whatever. People do strange things in the service of religion, though, man. Strange, strange things. Ah, uh, anyway, this had this actually had a lot more mileage than I thought it was going to have. I I honestly thought we were going to run out of things to talk about in like fifteen minutes. Well, you. You should know me way better than that. Well, that's true. Me too. Like once once we get <laughs> talking about something, it's just it's endless. Right? You know? All right. So so we'll leave you with this. What next? Right. So um names. I need names for myths and legends and artifacts and famous adventures. People who are potentially like Marco Polo level of famous, where Okay. Maybe they're not from your area, but you've heard of them. Okay. And everything you've heard about them is probably wrong, but you've heard their names. Okay. Right. And I'm just looking for names at this point. Okay. So so then what I would say is civilization in its current-ish form has existed for about at least 500 years. Yes. If you're going to have these sorts of legends. At least. Um, maybe, maybe even a couple of thousand. Establish your, your local, where we're starting this campaign, your local town, city, village, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Establish a neighboring town, city, village on each side. And mm -hmm. why they're there. What purpose did they serve at one point, even if they're not serving it now? Okay. And then based on that, just rough in, you know, like three things that have happened in the last 500 years. In this area, you know, towns, there was a conflict. One of these towns burnt down. Raiders came, unknown raiders from an area and wiped everybody in this city out. Or there was, you know, an earthquake or whatever. And then based on dinosaurs. that. Well, maybe. One of these towns exploded for no reason. It was dragged into Avernus. Well, maybe they were mining and they, they, they dug, they found something they weren't supposed to. Who knows? But they, they delved too deep. They did. But based on that sort of three, five points of like what's happened in this area in the last 500 years, then you can establish some, some local folk heroes and stuff. And, and ah, there's been a fundamental misunderstanding. I was trying to assign you homework. 
I this accept the yours. tasks. I, I accept the tasks that you have given me. The task that I am giving you is literally I want you to come up with a half a dozen names of things or people. That's it. Okay. Not not even history if you want to. Um, like some couple I, of tagline type things. I need Just to know names. a little bit more then. Okay. Give me a reference for the area. Like, are we talking something that feels quasi-European kind of? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Are we talking villages? It, it could, are we talking towns? Are we talking cities? Uh, between villages and towns, I don't. I don't think there'll be any major cities. Uh, like the, the biggest, the biggest sort of center would probably be about the size of Picton. Okay. And how far away are we from that, that center? Uh, uh, let's say two or three days walk. Okay. Um, That's... So, and, and like kind of what I'm, what I'm thinking is I want like things from the level of, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of something that would be super local, but something, something that would be like, um, like, you know, high school football hero type person who's someone that, you know, maybe you know someone who knows them mm -hmm. all the way up to potentially the hand of Vecna. Mm -hmm. Right. I, really, I'm looking for a very, very random shit. Like if, if you're talking like artifact level stuff, it doesn't necessarily need to feel European because if you think about no, no, some no. of the myths and legends that happened in medieval Europe, they were about, you know, lands far away. So... Mm -hmm. You know, it's wide open, really. Okay. Let's come up with some shit and we'll workshop it. Then what I need for you, from you, before I get going, is give me your rough sketch map with your Shadowlands and your Northern Forests and all of that stuff. Okay. Uh, draw an X on where I need to start fleshing out some world. Okay. And... Maybe mark on it any bodies of water, just loosely, and yep. the location of, because I want you to add this for flavor, the location of significant ruins. Just like okay. one, one big ancient city that like okay. everybody knows it's there. Okay, well-known ruin. Okay. And, and I think... I think we can actually wrap it up there. Like that's that that was a that was a lot of verbiage. Mm -hmm.